Welcome back, guys. We have a special episode, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and its sudden pausing, quote-unquote. So I have our expert in-house infectious disease, Dr. Saras Sugger. I am Dr. Quentin Coleman. I'm not even in-house, actually. I'm, I'm still in the hospital making rounds. So this shows you I'm not even, I'm not even in the house, but can I am hear, happy to give a brief. This, can you hear this little violin I'm playing? Oh, it's nice. You, sh- you, sh- you should have brought me food. You should have Ubered me some food or something. And I had to eat cafeteria food in the hospital. It's not good. All right. Not good at all. All right. All right. Let's get to it. I was so excited because it looked like the um, the FDA had the ball in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. They were running. They had the ball on the 20, 15, 10, and fumble. Well, that, I don't think it's a fumble. Johnson & Johnson is uh, six people out of six six million. All right, so here's the situation. It's not quite as dire. I think it's one of those things uh, that, you know, you don't want to overblow it. Uh, you don't want to understate it as well. So let's understand where we're, have, where we're heading here. So it's six cases of cerebral sinus venous thrombosis. We'll talk about what that means in a second. Out of 6.8 million doses of the vaccine. So in other words, you got more chance of getting struck by lightning. One in one million. Yeah, exactly. You got more chance of Clinton Coleman um, saying something funny tonight. Than you do, uh, than you do uh, 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 getting an Touché. issue with this vaccine. Touché. But let's put it in perspective because when you say is this a fumble by the by the FDA by the CDC? Because remember, this is a joint statement, a pause, not a stop, from the federal level, both the CDC uh, as well as the FDA. I would argue, and a lot of other doctors that are in the know, so to speak, would argue that this is, should give the general public uh, some level of confidence that the system is working exactly like it's supposed to. You're talking about... Explain explain that to me because everyone's already mistrustful of the vaccine and they say something's wrong and they're pausing it. That's... You're saying we should trust that? No, this is exactly what is supposed to happen. The initial trials were with 42,000 people. If you are going to give this vaccine to thousands, tens of thousands, millions, tens of millions of people, well, guess what? Very rare things are going to happen to people who get the vaccine. And so first and foremost, we need to differentiate. Is it just a random chance and association or is it causality, right? And people need to understand that. And furthermore, when you have such rare events and you expand the amount of people to tens of millions of people at some point, then you're going to pick up these rare events. And so that's what this pause is. This pause is a way for scientists without emotion, looking strictly at statistics to tease out the data and say, hey, is there definitively an association or not? In the mean, and as well as for healthcare providers and doctors and nurses and other people to understand what they should be looking for and for patients to understand. So let's take each one of those groups one, one by one. Patients within three weeks of getting the vaccine, if they have any unexplained symptoms, especially if they have leg pain, if they have shortness of breath, if they have headaches, vision changes, if they have abdominal pain, all signs of potential issues of abnormalities of clotting, they should let their healthcare provider know. From the doctor's perspective, we need to know, you know, because most of us are not thinking of, of cerebral venous sinus thrombosis every day. It's such a rare event. It only happens in general public, five cases for every million people. And it's very random where it happens. You know, and this is something, as you know, will not be picked up by an MRI or a CAT scan. This is something that needs to be looked at with a MRV, magnetic resonance venography, so a specialized test. So this pause, again, is multifold. Doctors to understand what it is and to know how to recognize it. Patients 
to understand what and what is a potential uh, concern in terms of symptoms and the time frame. Again, one, three weeks. Uh, because all these cases occurred within the first two weeks. So they really expanded the first three weeks of right. when this could potentially occur. And then for, again, the scientists, again, CDC and the and their own uh, advisory board, the ACIP, which is the Advisory Committee on Immunization and Practices, will meet to discuss and look, you know, robustly look at the data uh, and make their recommendations. And then uh, that's what the CDC, the FDA, will have their own independent review board to take a look at the data. So again, I should, I would rely, or I'd rather say that people should be confident the system is working exactly like it's not. When people say, well, why they make a stop, a pause, excuse me, won't that just cause a quote unquote crisis in confidence? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because th this is designed not to have any emotion or timing in it. It is simply working as it's supposed to. And the same thing happened with the messenger RNA vaccines. There was a concern, which was proved to be untrue, of a few cases of something called Bell's palsy uh, that occurred in people who got the vaccine. Guess what? The incidence of Bell's palsy in people who were just newly vaccinated, as well as that in the general public, what would happen anyway, was no different. So they deemed that it was a non-issue. Right. Now this, let's just understand what this is. This all occurred in women, six cases. One was fatal, one patient hospitalized, um, and the others, uh, uh, again, all pre-menopausal women under the age of 50. The main reason this is now conjecture, I suspect the pause was done, was because something similar was seen in Europe with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Right. Just to review, uh, both AstraZeneca as well as J&J. &J, these, uh, the, these are not the mRNA. These are the adenovirus vaccines, correct? They both use adenoviruses to, dis to deliver DNA. Uh, so the J&J uh, &J uses human adenovirus, like a modified human adenovirus, and the AstraZeneca uses a, believe it or not, chimpanzee astrovirus, uh, adenovirus. So again, and also in Europe, they saw something similar, these type of, um, and so now, you know, I, I gave you the good news. I'm giving you the, on the counter to understand why the stop was done. Because again, this is very rare, but what's interesting is all these cases were women, premenopausal women. So we have so, to understand, um, is, it, just, is it something just, where, where and women in general are more prone to clots anyway? Remember that. So right, right. we have but to remember, see what is um, it? it any kind of thrombosis, especially something rare like this, you know, um, women, pregnancy, um, if you take uh, birth control pills, right, right, obesity, exactly. those are risk factors for thrombosis in itself. Um, Smoking, it's, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, women in general and then yeah. men have a slight increased incidence um, of of thrombosis anyway. Right. Even COVID, I guess. I don't know if they. Uh, how how can they be sure that these patients didn't have COVID near their vaccination time and just well again. That hard stop, you know, I don't have the details. We know the details of the ages under the age of 50. We understand they were all females. We know whether they were smoking on oral contraceptives, whether they were obese or had recent surgery, all risk factors for uh, uh, for blood clots, as you mentioned, or whether they were tested for COVID is all remain to be seen. So that data will be hopefully uh, released to the general public in the coming days. But that that's all things that remain to be seen. But, you know, we do suspect in part that again, this exceedingly rare occurrence could be something specific to that type of virus, uh, that type of vaccine utilizing the adenovirus uh, 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 mechanism. On the flip side, the same kind of signal, you know, the red flags that now has been picked up very astutely 
by the process has not been seen with the messenger RNA vaccine. So Pfizer, uh, Moderna has not had that same issue. So where does that leave us? I mean, where, you know, that, that's the question, I think, the million dollar question. Where does that leave us in our global, not only our national, but our global vaccination effort, right? Right. Can we, can we come back from this? That's the question. Well, can here's Johnson the thing. Johnson and Johnson so, come, come back. Here's the thing. Overall, the adenovirus uh, vaccines, what does it say, J&J, represents a very small percentage of the overall vaccinations uh, in the United States, probably less than 10%. And we have more than enough messenger RNA vaccines to fill that gap that's in case, in the, uh, in the possibility, unlikely but possible, that the pause is either for a prolonged period of time or if there's even a delay in bringing it back or if even if the worst case scenario, it's taken off the market. We're able to make it up. So my answer with people ask me, how is this going to affect, you know, is this just a hiccup? Is this no big deal? I will say for North America, for the United States in particular, it's not an issue. But where it becomes an issue is globally, because globally, especially in the developing world, um, you know, in resource poor areas, a one shot and done like the J&J and the AstraZeneca is very favorable, right? So it's only one shot. You're just Let's just take it back a second. This you know, parts of the world, it's not easy to have someone just come and say, get a shot and say, come back three weeks later, if it's the uh, Pfizer or four weeks later, if it's the Moderna, right? right. So, and, it, and not every place has the capacity to have cold storage, et cetera. So if we could have mass, you know, think about it. In, in a lot of places, people have to walk or, or take a bus 20, 30 miles to get to the nearest healthcare center. So, you know, it was very encouraging uh, that the, one shot and done without the cold uh, requirements were going to be a big part of the global vaccination efforts in much of the developing world. Think Central South America, parts of Southeast Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, etc. Now, in North America, you might say, well, no big deal, right? We have plenty of messenger RNA vaccines, other richer Western countries, parts of Europe, etc. Uh, you know, uh, perhaps the Far East will say, well, we'll get the messenger RNA vaccines. It won't be our problem. Where it becomes our problem is that we have large pockets of the world they're not vaccinated. Guess what's going to happen? People will keep getting infected. The virus will keep replicating. They'll keep making mutations just by random errors. That's what vaccines do. A lot of them will, won't mean anything. They'll be nonsensical mutations. But guess what? Some of them will come together and make what we call variants of concern. And that's where it becomes a problem. So if you have pockets yeah. of the world where hot spots are occurring and we're all having a good summer and we're all vaccinated, guess what? Fall, winter, you may have variants come back they may be more difficult to control with therapeutics and with vaccines. So that's really the short uh, view and the long view. You see what I did there? Short yeah, and long. Short and very, long. Short and long. Uh, black and brown and white. You know, the whole thing. Ebony and ivory. Whatever you want to call it. That's the kind of long view, short, uh, you know, long view on the ground as I see it. And a lot of us see it. So you can see how, you know, something that we may think that does not affect us will potentially affect this. So again, that just lends itself to the whole idea. This is a global pandemic. We know that, but we have to understand that what that means. So that's the case. But, you know, this may be a non-issue if after meeting uh, the ACIP uh, and the independent FDA uh, board reviews and says, you know what, this was just random chance. It's not a big deal. They may also say, you know what, just to be safe, those women under the age of 50 should get a different vaccine. Anyone, uh, anyone uh, females over the age of 50 postmenopausal can get the J&J safely, you know, that may be an issue. Now, will this erode confidence, you know, call a so-called crisis of confidence? That is yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to have a lot of cleanup to do for this. It's already some 
you know, distrust about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine with the efficacy rates, uh, even though it's false information, but now, right. like, now you have complications. So I think if they do a good job about, um, you know, explaining the situation, explaining the risks and letting people know that this is, if it is, it uh, turns out to be that it's a random finding and, or isolate certain people who are at higher risk for these thrombosis, I think they may have a better chance of improving um, the trust in the community. But what say you? Uh, what say me is that we're gonna have to, you and I are going to have to just keep uh, educating the public and keep uh, on the data. And, I, you know, I sound like a broken record, but I'll say it again. You know, keep the emotion out of it. Uh, keep the social media Facebook doctors out of it. And really just stick with the facts, stick with the science. And that's just, <laughs> just what's being done here. You're, you're a social media Facebook doctor, if you didn't know. Uh, well, but the, the good thing is I didn't get my degree on Facebook. I think that's the idea. You know, there's some people who do end up getting their degrees on Facebook. They, um, uh, you know, uh, and that that's always concerning. So, again, anyone listening, always know who you're listening to. Uh, make sure that you trust, you know, vet your sources. If you don't want to listen to us, listen to someone else, but make sure that you know, that they they have something to back up their claims and back up their information. Yeah, no, and again, we live in an evidence based world, huh? No, you can listen to us. We're, we're pretty reliable. Well, we prefer you listen to us. That's right. You know, and I think what we need to do is have these uh, semi regular uh, updates. You know, so we won't be all uh, kind of laughing and giggling. Well, I laugh, you giggle. Um, you giggle. You know, and uh, and and telling the uh, coming to America jokes, but you know, sometimes we have to get serious about things. And I think this is one of those issues where I feel compelled and we feel compelled uh, to get the information out there because as in many times in life, it's not just one issue, right? You don't want to take a headline and run. You need to understand the whole short and long of, of it all. Right. And, uh, you know, and then, and then so we can understand what conclusions uh, to become next. Got it. Until next time. Till next time. Be well. Talk to you soon.